Let's pray. Father God, thank you for the songs we've been singing that remind us just how amazing you are. Lord, as we come to hear from you now, I pray, Father God, you will take these words that I've put down that I felt you've laid on my heart, and will you use them, Father God, to minister to your family here. Bless us now, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So the passage that I felt led to today is from Ephesians, and it's Ephesians chapter 3, starting at verse 16. I pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power, together with all the Lord's holy people, to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. Isn't that the most fantastic passage? I think it's one of my favourites. And one of the reasons it's one of my favourites is got a so that in it. If there's a so that, means there's something important. Pay attention if you see a so that. Paul prays that Father God will strengthen us with power through his spirit in our inner being so that Christ may dwell in us by faith. He prays that Father God will give us this power. It's not something we can do for ourselves. It's something we just have to receive through his Holy Spirit in us. If you know Jesus, if you've accepted him in your life, by his Spirit living in you, you have power so that Christ may dwell in you by faith. Do you believe that? Do you know that Christ is living in you by faith? What a tremendous gift from God. Out of his glorious riches. I think I forget that too often. Out of his glorious riches. He has so much he wants to give me. How often do I miss what he wants to give me? because I forget how vast are his riches. Just a, a thought to ponder on. And then Paul says, we can know how wide and long and high and deep is Jesus' love for us. Hold on to that. 
Lock that truth in your heart. Meditate on those words. When I, excuse me, when I used to teach in Sunday school, one of my favorite songs to do with the children was those words. Jesus' love is very wonderful. Shall we sing it now? Let's see if we can get it right. Any children? Rafi, you can join in with me, can't you? Jesus' love is very wonderful. Jesus' love is very wonderful. Jesus' love is very wonderful. Oh, wonderful love. There's actions. So high, you can't get over it. So low, you can't get under it. So wide, you can't get round it. Oh, wonderful love. Somehow when you sing things, when you learn it that way, it sticks up here. And there are times when just having that go through your head, when something's scaring you or when you've got to do something, um, you know, just amazing to have words like that. And to know that's from scripture is good. The message translation puts it this way, and I think this is lovely. And I ask him that with both feet planted firmly on love, you'll be able to take in, with all followers of Jesus, the extravagant dimensions of Christ's love. Reach out and experience its breadth. Test its length. Plumb the depths. Rise to the heights. Live full lives. Full in the fullness of God. Isn't that great? I just love the way that's been put. Experience the breadth. Test its length. Plumb the depths. Rise to the heights. Just wonderful. Try to do that. Think of that. Try to plumb the depths of his love. You'll never find the bottom of it. Try to rise Above it, rise to the heights of his love. I think we'll spend our lifetime doing that. We won't know the heights of his love till we get to be with him in glory, will we? But we can keep trying to experience it and learning more and more. The verse I particularly want to look at from the passage is verse 20. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us. Have you experienced of that? Have you experienced God doing immeasurably more than you can ask or imagine? So many things come to mind. God is the God of wonderful surprises. Sometimes it might be a long time in our eyes coming, but it's always worth the wait. And often it's not what we actually ask for, because we don't always know what's best for us, but God does. I got excited again by this passage last week when it came up in my reading notes. A lady called Paula Halliday wrote the notes that day. And as I read, I knew this was what I was going to bring today. 
In those notes, Paula picks up the story of Lazarus to start with. So I've made myself listen to the recordings of the services for when I was away with COVID and then on holiday. And I noticed that um, Florin spoke on Martha and Mary. And he mentioned that the follow-on, the next part of their story comes in John 11. And interestingly, that's where we're picking up today. So from... John 11, it says that Martha and Mary sent word to Jesus that their brother Lazarus was sick. It actually says, Lord, the one you love is sick. This family were good friends of Jesus. He loved them. They'd seen him perform miracles. Mary and Martha are probably expecting Jesus to come right away and heal their brother. But we read, when he heard this, Jesus said, this sickness will not end in death. No, it is for God's glory so that God's son may be glorified through it. Now, Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed where he was two more days and then said to his disciples, let's go back to Judea. Jesus says God's son will be glorified through this. And did you notice the so that in there again? So that God's son may be glorified. Let's see what happened. How was, his, how was God's son glorified? Jesus went on to tell them, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I'm going there to wake him up. His disciples replied, Lord, if he sleeps, he will get better. Jesus had been speaking of his death, but his disciples thought he meant natural sleep. So then he told them plainly, Lazarus is dead. And for your sake, I am glad I was not there, so that you may believe. But let us go to him. On his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. Bethany was less than two miles from Jerusalem, And many Jews had come to Martha and Mary to comfort them in the loss of their brother. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him, but Mary stayed at home. Lord, Martha said to Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But I know that even now God will give you whatever you ask. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha answered, I know he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live, even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? Isn't that an amazing statement. And look who Jesus tells this to. Martha. The same Martha who Jesus had told to stop fretting about things. That Mary had chosen the better thing when she sat at Jesus' feet instead of helping her sister. Martha is the one who gets to hear the greatest truth. Isn't that so, Jesus? so special of Jesus. 
that he picked her out to be the one who would get told that, even though he'd given her a little bit of a reprimand the last time they were together. Back to John 11. Martha said, yes, Lord, she replied. I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God, who is come into the world. After she had said this, she went back and called her sister Mary aside. The teacher is here, she said, and he is asking for you. When Mary, um, Mary heard this, she got up quickly and went to him. Now Jesus had not yet entered the village, but was still at the place where Martha had met him. When the Jews who had been with Mary in the house comforting her noticed how quickly she got up and went out, they followed her, supposing she was going to the tomb to mourn there. When Mary reached the place where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. I wonder what tone she used. Is she disappointed with Jesus? Is she angry with Jesus? Lord, if you'd been here. Or is she just stating what she knows is true? When Jesus saw her weeping, and the Jews who had come along with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. Where have you laid him, he asked. Come and see, Lord, they replied. Jesus wept. Then the Jews said, see how he loved him. But some of them said, could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man have kept this man from dying? Jesus, once more deeply moved, came to the tomb. It was a cave with a stone laid across the entrance. Take away the stone, he said. But Lord, said Martha, the sister of the dead man. By this time, there's a bad odour, for he has been there four days. Then Jesus said, Did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. Then Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I know that you always hear me, but I said this for the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said this, Jesus called in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth around his face. Jesus said to them, take off the grave clothes and let him go. Quite a long story, but interestingly, you need to hear the whole story to be able to see the next point. Jesus delays going to his friends. He loves Lazarus and Martha and Mary, but he delays going because he knows there's something better he wants to give them. Paula, in the notes, wrote, There's no doubt about it. Mary and Martha expected a miracle. They wanted to see their brother healed. But when you read the whole story in its entirety, 
you realise that Jesus simply did not want to meet their expectations. Rather, Jesus wanted to exceed their expectations. Instead of restoring Lazarus to health, Jesus wanted to raise Lazarus to life. What an unbelievable upgrade. Paula goes on to say, isn't this truth about God's nature evidenced the whole way through scripture? So let's look at some stories where we can see that side of God's nature. Let's start with Genesis chapter 17. When Abraham was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to him and said, I am God Almighty. Walk before me faithfully and be blameless. Then I will make my covenant between you, me and you, and will greatly increase your numbers. Abraham fell face down and God said to him, as for me, this is my covenant with you. You will be the father of many nations. No longer will you be called Abraham. Your name will be Abraham, for I have made you a father of many nations. That's what Abraham means. I will make you very fruitful. I will make nations of you and kings will come from you. Abraham and his wife Sarai had prayed for years for a baby. And then God's answer is for Abraham, Abraham now renamed Abraham, to become the father of many nations. Wow, not just one baby, all of us. That's another Sunday school song that I remember. I don't think I ever taught it, but my kids learnt it about Father Abraham has many sons. I am one of them, and so are you, sons of Father Abraham, daughters as well. Another story, the Jewish people expected their saviour to sit on a royal throne. Instead, God incarnate slept in a wooden manger. In Luke 2, today in the town of David, a saviour has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Very different to what was expected. Perhaps in our eyes at that point, doesn't seem like an upgrade. But we know the end of that story. So much more than the Jewish people were expecting. In Acts chapter 3, we read, One day Peter and John were going to the temple at the time of prayer, at three in the afternoon. Now a man who was lame from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg from those going into the temple courts. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Peter looked straight at him, as did John. Then Peter said, look at us. So the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. Then Peter said, silver or gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. 
he jumped to his feet and began to walk. Then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. Wow, that's a lot more than he expected. Another Sunday school song. Anybody know that one? Yeah, Gemma's nodding. He went walking and leaping and praising God. So many things, such a good way to teach children. A lame man begging the disciples for money instead walks away with a miracle. As Paula puts it, each story is a reminder that God does not want to meet expectations. He wants to exceed them. So what about in my life? What about in your life? Do I know this side of God's nature? Oh yes, 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 yes. Has God answered all my prayers? Are there still unmet expectations? Indeed there are. But remembering the times he has exceeded my expectations gives me hope for the things I'm still waiting for. For instance, many years ago, I was in a prayer triplet. We were praying for a young woman who had lost all her friends. She'd been ill, hadn't been able to finish school. She'd pretty much pushed all her friends away. As a triplet, we prayed a long time. And a friend came into her life. And he became a boyfriend. And now he's her husband. Kath, who some of you know, was in that prayer triplet with me. We often marvel at that. We still talk of that time that as a triplet we prayed for this person. And the outcome was that she got a husband we were looking for just for a friend who she could share with. She's found her life partner. Brian, my husband, for those who don't know, at the back there, Brian was in a job um, that didn't quite work out as we'd expected. He's looking worried now. <laughs> what am I going to say about you? In his interview, the person interviewing him had high hopes for where he wanted to progress Brian in the job. Unfortunately, the company was taken over very quickly after Brian joined. That manager who had interviewed him was immediately got rid of. And Brian never did progress in the way that manager had suggested. And then Brian was also made redundant. A gap of a couple of years, and Brian reconnects with that original manager, who was now running another company, and eventually Brian went to work with him. And he's been there for many years now, and he has progressed to the levels that were originally promised, and probably even further. It's only when we look back, we can see God had a plan all along. It was a tough journey. Brian was out of work a long time. We struggled. But the wait was worth it, wasn't it? <laughs> Very enthusiastic. 
God had an upgrade in mind. How about you? Anyone have a story they'd like to share? How God has done immeasurably more than you asked or imagined. Shelton, will you come up here so it can go on the recording? Morning, everyone. I'm going to share with you an amazing story of my life. I had a good job at Alexander Dennis in Guildford. I love that job. Building buses, and the next thing you sit on the streets and you say to yourself, I had a hand in that. Guess what? That came to an end in 2020 because of COVID. Nobody was buying buses anymore because of social distancing. Lost my job. Ah, uh, God, I've got a mortgage. I've got a family that depends on me. What am I going to do? I had to do some more jobs just to put food on the table. I would churn out about 200 applications, CVs a week. Nothing much came off here. I even joined ASDA. I was a delivery driver for ASDA. And I remember one particular weekend, I was in serious confrontation with God. As I was driving, I was literally you know, telling God, you promised me this, you promised me that. What is going on? If somebody saw me, they thought I would speak to someone sitting next to me. It was just me and God. Things didn't work out the way I wanted them to. I got jobs here and there, but still, if you don't have a permanent job, something seems amiss there. There's no peace of mind because, you know, the next thing they're going to tell you, oh, your contract has come to an end, so it's back to square one. You have to start sending CVs and applications again. I think that happened for nearly two years. And then I got a call from this company called Start Monday. We got a job for you, blah, 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 blah. I said, okay, what's new? Okay, let's get over with the interview and see what happens. So we did. Okay, you've passed the first interview. When am, I, when am I starting? I need a job like yesterday. No, you're not starting yet, okay? Then another interview. Oh, yes, you passed that one as well. I'm almost at the end of my tether because I love the job so much. I want a job. I want to earn a living. And then they told me, of course, you got a job. Okay, finally, when am I starting? No, you're not starting until a month's time from now. <laughs> I couldn't understand what was happening. But like Jake has been saying, we only appreciate God's love in retrospect. Never when it's happening, you will question God, you will blame God. We all have done that at some point in our lives. But the bottom line is the Lord knows what's best for us. I love the job I'm doing now more than the Alexander Dennis one. Because I travel to places, God's children. I visit uh, sites. Um, I'm a service engineer for a company called Tenant. They have machines all over the country. I travel maybe 200 miles a day to sites to fix machines. There's no supervisor looking over my shoulder to see what I'm doing. I'm my own supervisor. Damn, I've never had such job satisfaction in my life. 
There may be something you've been wishing for in your life. Waiting is the hardest bit. But one thing for sure is he promises in his words, God will always deliver. And like Jackie said, he will always exceed our expectations. So, guys, hang in there. There is light at the end of the tunnel. And it's not an oncoming train. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Shelton. Anybody else? Anything they'd like to share? Jen? I'm not going to be as good as Shelton at this. Um, most of you know my story, and it's just quite interesting hearing Jackie speak. Um, that we... Sorry, this is going to... We took a long time to have a family. Um, went through a lot of heartache, a lot of challenges, a lot of difficulties. We had miscarriages, we had a stillbirth, I had an ectopic pregnancy. Um, and it was ten years when I believed I was to be a mother, but God wasn't giving me what I thought I wanted and needed. Um, and that was really hard, and I went through many years of questioning God, of asking what, why, almost praying that I wouldn't get pregnant because I thought, well, if I'm just going to lose it, I don't want to have that little bit of hope to be taken away. Never lost my faith throughout, just did a lot of questioning and a lot of answer asking questions. Um, but then after 10 years, fell pregnant um, and he's laying under the table there now. Um, and that was just a real gift. And do you know what? That was enough for us. We were really happy with that. Um, yeah, he makes himself known. Um, then we, a couple of years later, we fell pregnant with Thea. Um, thought, brilliant, thank you, Jesus. Actually, one of each, that's a lovely, even number. We'll keep going. And then, unbeknown to us, an extra blessing turned up. Um, and my hands are very much full now, as uh, you will help me with. But just shows for me that despite my heartache at the beginning, God completely exceeded my expectation um, and is keeping me busy right to the end. So praise be to him. Anyone else? Just very briefly, really, but um, similar to Shelton in a way that, except I gave up my job about 10, 11 years ago, in very difficult circumstances, I'd been very ill. I went back to work. It wasn't the right thing to do. I needed to change jobs. Didn't change jobs early enough. Ended up looking for work for about six months. And I went to an interview with, um, to an autistic school, actually, in Richmond. And I had this phone call saying that the head teacher wanted to speak to me. I hadn't got the job, and I knew that. But the head teacher wanted to talk to me. I'd been away, and I came back. And... I thought, oh, I've got a, you know, man, I don't, I don't like feedback from job interviews, but I thought, I need to know what I did wrong, you know. <laughs> so I spoke to this person. I could hear her grand... She wasn't very old, but she, her grandchildren playing in the background. She was on holiday. And she said, Sarah, you interviewed very well, and you had, have lots of skills, lots of skills. There's nothing wrong with your skills at all. We just feel that if you come to this job you are going to have to learn again and learn a lot about you know, your career again and not use the skills you've already got necessarily. And it's going to take you time. And we don't feel that this is right for you at the moment. But, she said, 
you have got something to offer. We believe, I believe, that you will go on and you will find the right thing to do. She said, I have been there. I've been in your place. I know how it feels. She said, you have to wait a bit longer. She said, it might be longer than you think you need to wait, but you will get something in the end. And this was in maybe the... I'd, I'd resigned in the March. Um, she spoke to me in May. In the October, I had been doing some supply work, um, sort of supply work with somebody I actually knew, and I'd gone to Ealing. And I stayed in Ealing for nine years. I got a permanent job with Ealing. And then that message stayed with me, and when I came back to God, um, that message has repeated itself over and over again. Wait, just wait. Jackie reminds me to wait. God overall reminds me to wait. And I was... Out of work last year, you know, because I had COVID and I was recovering, I got to the beginning of this year and I kept looking at jobs thinking there's nothing I want to do. You know, I, I really, I'm, I'm scared, actually. And then this job kept popping up. Um, as some people know, I'm, it's a job on a farm with animals and children. There are children there. Um, not an easy job. But I did in the end apply for it and immediately... They did me an online interview and they took me in and gave me a taste today. And it was hard. It was really hard. I have walked. I've never walked as much. I had to jump a stream. And that was the only thing I refused to do was to jump over this stream. I said, if I fell in, I, who could get me out? You know, um, there were donkeys, chickens, goats. It was idyllic, but really hard work. And I prayed all the way home from that day. And I said, okay. I might, you know, God, tell me, do a two or take it? If they offer it to me, have I, do I take it? And they offered it to me that night. I thought, yeah, I've got to take it. I've got to try it. And I'm still there. <laughs> Five months later, um, I've managed to run the, their exams for the first time ever. Um, and it is hard, but I'm, I am enjoying it. And I get to hold kittens and chickens and... Um, you know, uh, it just, it's just amazing. Um, and for as long as I'm able to do it, I will. But that message overall was always, wait. You might have to wait a little bit longer. And although I should have started work maybe last October, I waited until March till that job came along. And it's been a real blessing. And I thought I might have to resign because I wasn't up to it, but I'm still going and they still want me there. So thank you, God. And that message has stayed with me now for 11 years. And I know God was there then. And he's with me now. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, she's coming home at the end of the month, at the end of next month with two kittens from there. So I'm visiting her house a few times in, in the end of August. Right. Anybody else? It is so lovely when we can share our own experiences because it encourages the body of Christ. It encourages the rest of us when we can share what's happened in our lives and then people who perhaps you don't know are going through a similar situation can remember, oh yeah, that's what God's like. God will be there for me. So thank you to all who've shared. Doesn't this just show us though that we should pray boldly God, oh, sorry, Nessa, yes. Do you mind coming up here? Yeah. 
A few, um, my nan recently passed and my mum's had a really bad time struggling with how to cope and how to deal with it. And it did get to the phase where she went through a really dark phase. And it was something that was said here, is to not pray as a last resort, do it straight away. So that's what I did. And um, during that week, my mum rang and spoke to me and she sounded so much better. And I asked, like, how have you been? How are you doing? And she said, I had the most realistic dream that my mum came to see me and we was outside in our courtyard having a cup of tea and she was telling me that I'm fine, I'm better, I'm happy, I'm with all my family. And it made the world of difference for my mum. And I was like, that's, that's how he answered my prayer. And I do believe that had such a huge impact. And got her out of that dark place. I just prayed that he would help guide her, find a better way of dealing with it, see some sort of light, and he did that for me, and I just wanted to share it. Thank you. And that so fits in with we should pray boldly. We should be praying. He's the king of kings. He has so much he wants to do for us. Pray expectantly ask for miracles and when we first set up our um, praying for ABC since Ben left one of the things I said was we should be praying expectantly God has someone in mind for us we need to be praying expecting God to answer that prayer. And maybe it will take a long time. I hope not 11 years, but I hope he has someone in mind to bring to us. We pray expectantly. We've got an issue with the problem with the leaking um, pipe under the, the basin in the toilets. Pray expectantly. God will bring someone in and we will get that sorted. Life takes many unexpected turns, but God is there, working his purposes out. He wants to exceed your expectations. If things are tough, hold on to that. Paula writes, do you have any unmet expectations right now? Have an honest conversation with God about them. Like Shelton said, sitting in his car, having a big heart-to-heart with God. Tell him, he knows anyway. Then in faith, boldly declare, there is an upgrade coming. Amen? Amen? Let me pray with the words of verses 20 and 21 from the message. Let's pray. God can do anything, you know, far more than you could ever imagine or guess or request in your wildest dreams. He does it not by pushing us around, but by working within us, his spirit deeply and gently within us. Glory to God in the church. Glory to God in the Messiah in Jesus. Glory to God down all generations. 
glory through all Menelia. Oh, yes. And all God's people said, Amen.